0: It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then, she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Hey everyone. I'm Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. Before we talk about tonight's case, I need to make a correction from my Daisy Coleman episode. Near the end, I said that Daisy, her mother and father were only survived by brother Charlie. However, this is incorrect. Her brother Logan is also still alive. I don't know how I missed this, but I apologize for this error. I've been super sick the past week, and it's really been messing with my eyeballs and my head. But thank you to the listener who brought this to my attention. And again, I apologize to Daisy Coleman's brothers, Charlie and Logan. Now, for tonight, we are taking it back to Japan for a recent story that has been heard throughout the world. Most of us understand the power in social media and how it can be used for both good and bad. Tonight, we're talking about the worst that can happen. In 2017, a man dubbed Japan's Twitter killer committed the serial murders of nine people who posted suicidal thoughts on social media. How was he able to convince these nine people to come to his house and commit suicide? Do you believe that he should be treated as any other serial killer? Let's talk about it. Tonight's episode is brought to you by a new YouTube channel that those local to Tokyo and beyond can enjoy. This channel, called Tokyo Smith, features really interesting and relaxing driving videos. There's no music, no talking, you just get to enjoy the scenery in beautiful Japan, perfect for those times when you're stuck in traffic. Visit Tokyo Smith YouTube channel for more ambient driving videos. If you search Tokyo Smith on YouTube, you'll find these beautifully done videos of different locations in Tokyo. You can also visit this link directly at YouTube.com/slash/c/slash/TokyoSmith. And again, I also have the link in my show notes, so go check it out. It will quickly become your new favorite calming driving video source. All right, let's jump into tonight's story. Let's start at the beginning and talk about the person behind that now infamous Twitter killer label, Takahiro Shiraishi. Takahiro was born in October 1990 and grew up in the Kanagawa area of Japan, which is about 40 minutes from central Tokyo. Initially, he lived with his mother and his father and his little sister. However, when he was in his late teens, his parents divorced and his mother and little sister moved out. He stayed living with his father. This was around the same time that he apparently started to change. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, dude, a lot of people grow up with divorced parents and broken families. So not an excuse for anything. Takahiro's former classmates would go on to say that in school, he just sort of blended in the background. He wasn't remarkable in any way. He was just completely average. This probably bothered him the most, especially in a culture where being the best you can be is incredibly important. After graduating from high school, he picked up a few different jobs. He worked at a supermarket, at one point he worked in a food factory, and then he worked at a gambling parlor. He wasn't really interested in pursuing any specific career path. When he was 25 years old, he moved to Ikebukuro in Tokyo. Ikebukuro is a bustling part of Tokyo. There's lots of shops, lots of awesome restaurants, and a lot of anime. But you can also get into a bit of trouble here, and that's exactly what Takahiro did. He found a job working as a scout in a prostitution ring, so basically his job was to recruit females into the sex trade industry. A lot of the times, you'll find these guys on street corners approaching just about any woman they think they might be able to convince to work for them. But Takahiro was known to use Twitter to find women to recruit. He developed somewhat of a reputation as being a seedy character, and at one point, his face was shared around Twitter warning other women to stay away from him. In February of 2017, his shady job caught up to him, and he was arrested for working as part of this prostitution ring, but he was basically let off the hook with a three-year probation. He didn't actually really serve any jail time. He just had to stay out of trouble for those three years. But apparently, he couldn't do that. And he was about to get himself into a shit ton of trouble. He moved out of the Tokyo area and back in the home with his father in Kanagawa. And he started spending an insane amount of time on social media. He basically distanced himself from the real world. He also started to display some signs of depression, talking to his father about how he didn't understand the meaning of life anymore. He became really fascinated with death and suicide, and he went on to create his infamous Twitter account with the username HangingPro, which included a profile picture of a manga character with their wrists cut and ligature marks on their neck. On August 25th, 2017, Takahiro wrote on Twitter, I want to forget everything. I want to disappear. He then began to offer help to people in pain, other people who were in pain just like him, to assist in them completing suicide. He tweeted statements such as, It is not hard to hang oneself, and If you cannot help yourself, I can help you. He would basically scour Twitter looking for mostly women who appeared to be suicidal. Then he would try connecting with them, telling them that he also wanted to die and he would die with them. He found people who tweeted under a hashtag that had the meaning of I want to die. He would also try to cut these people off from potentially getting any help by telling them that it's not good to tell family and friends that you're going to die by suicide until you've actually completed suicide. This would basically ensure that if their friends and family didn't already know about it, they wouldn't be able to talk them out of completing it. It wasn't long before he found his first victim, named Mizuki Miura, who was only 21 years old. The first time they decided to meet, Mizuki actually brought a male friend along with her, which kind of messed with Takahiro's plans. So he put a pause on whatever sinister idea he had, and the three of them all went out for dinner and drinks before parting ways. Takahiro then reached out to Mizuki again a few days later, this time asking her to meet him alone. He also convinced her that maybe they should move into an apartment together, and she transferred about $4,500 U.S. to his bank account so that they could put down a deposit on an apartment. On August 22, 2017, after leaving to go see Takahiro, Mizuki was never seen again. She left behind a note for her parents that basically said she wanted to live on her own and she wasn't coming home. Her cell phone was found a few days later on August 25th in Inoshima, which is quite a distance from Takahiro's apartment. Now I'm going to go through a list of the other eight victims who they were, and the circumstances of their disappearances before we talk about how Takahiro was discovered and what he did to these women and what would happen after getting caught. On August 28, 2017, another young woman would go missing. This time, it was 15-year-old Kureya Ishihara from Gunma Prefecture, who went missing on the first day of the second term at her high school. The school says that Ishihara contacted them that morning and said she wouldn't be able to attend. She was described as quiet and shy. Her friends say that she posted a message on Twitter, probably to herself, wondering why she did her homework so intently if she wasn't going to go to school. She would never make it to school again. Now, on the 29th of August, Takahira would kind of change things up when he killed his first and only male victim. Shogo Nishinaka was just 20 years old, and remember I mentioned how the first victim of Takahiro's, you know, Mizuki, she originally showed up in his apartment with a male friend? Well, that was Shogo, and when nobody had heard from Mizuki in a week, Shogo contacted Takahiro to see if he knew where she was, Takahiro didn't want Shogo going around, you know, snooping around, reporting her missing, so he lured Shogo to his apartment so that they could discuss Mizuki's disappearance. But instead, he killed him. The next victim was 19-year-old Haneiko Sarashina. She was a sophomore in university, and we don't know a whole lot about her. Her parents have been very private about her disappearance and her murder, which is completely understandable. 26-year-old Hitomi Fujima from Sataima Prefecture went missing after speaking with a male acquaintance on September 23rd. She reportedly told him over the phone that she couldn't meet him that day because she was going to see someone she got acquainted with on Twitter. Hitomi's family asked police to look for her as she had left a note suggesting that she was going to kill herself. Hitomi was a divorced, single mother, and she left a small child behind. 17-year-old Akari Suda from Fukushima City had stopped showing up at school from September 27th. Her friends at high school say that she withdrew from their group chat online messaging app the very next day, and later that day, her mobile phone stopped emitting signals after being detected in an area near Takahira's home. The next victim was 17-year-old Natsumi Kubo who would go missing after telling her parents that she was going to the supermarket for some lunch. She was in her last year of high school. Her parents were aware that she was depressed because she had actually reached out expressing her desire to get help for her mental illness. Now when I read that, my heart broke. Her death is no sadder than all of the others, but man, like... None of these people deserve to die. Instead, they all deserve to get the help that they needed. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, french italian german and more rosetta stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers they have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value and now you can save even more with 50% off don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time serial napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off visit rosettastone.com/today That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factor's chef crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factor's fresh, never frozen meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Takahiro's next victim was 25-year-old Kazumi Maruyama, who worked at a convenience store in Yokohama. Kazumi was a victim of bullying when she was in school, but her mother had said that her smile had returned when she found part-time work at the convenience store. She really loved what she did. Kazumi went missing after leaving the shift at her store and was never to be seen alive again. The ninth and final victim was 23-year-old Eiko Tamura from Tokyo's Hachioji City. She went missing after meeting an acquaintance on the evening of October 21st. Police say security cameras at the JR's Hachioji Station and the Odakyu odawara Line's Sobudai Station captured Eiko walking with Takahiro on October 23rd. Eiko had been treated at a mental health facility in the past, but her family said that she was getting better. Her brother is actually a superhero in this story. When she went missing, he decided to hack into his sister's Twitter, looking for any clues as to what may have happened to her or where she might be. When he did this, he discovered a bunch of messages between Aiko and Takahiro under his username HangingPro, and he immediately went to police. After seeing these messages, police knew they had to talk to Takahiro, in relation to Aiko's disappearance, but they had no idea at the time that all of these disappearances might be connected. On October 31st, 2017, Halloween night, things were about to get really scary. Police head to Takahiro's apartment to find out just who this guy is and what he might know about Aiko's disappearance. Tekahiro answers the door and they ask him where Aiko is. Without hesitation, Takahiro opens the door a little wider, allowing police to see inside, and points to a box in his hallway, saying, She's in there. Of course, he was arrested on the spot and taken into interrogation while police searched his apartment. Nothing could prepare them for what they were about to find. In the apartment, the police found the heads, limbs, and other dismembered human remains as well as some 240 bones inside boxes and portable refrigerators. Police found nine dead bodies in the house in total, all of which had been dismembered. In three cooler boxes and five large storage boxes, police found heads, legs, and arms from his victims. Neighbors corroborated the events by confirming that foul smells of rotting flesh had come from the house. Takohiro had actually discarded elements of the people into his bin, which had been taken away in the recycled rubbish. During the investigation and interviews, it was discovered that he fed his victims alcohol, tranquilizers, and sleeping pills when they arrived to his home before he assaulted and raped them. Then he would strangle them to death and cut them into pieces, trying to get rid of the evidence little by little. According to the explanation he gave police, at first it took him three days to butcher a corpse, but with the second person, it did not take more than a day. There is no doubt that I sliced up the bodies in my bathroom with the intention of destroying evidence, he told police investigators. I disposed of their flesh and internal organs like garbage, but kept their bones out of fear that I would be caught. In court, the defense would argue that the victims basically allowed Takahiro and gave consent because they had stated they wanted to die and wanted his help. However, Takahiro himself will go on to say, I killed them for financial reasons and to satisfy my sexual desires. There was no consent. The defense also tried to claim that he was possibly mentally incompetent or was in a state of diminished capacity at the time of the murders, but prosecutors concluded he could be held criminally liable after he was put through five months of psychiatric testing before his indictment. All in all, Takahiro Shirashi strangled and dismembered eight women and one man, aged 15 to 26 years old, from August to October of 2017. And I think it's pretty clear that he would have continued if he would have been given the opportunity to and wasn't caught. Just recently, on December 15, 2020, Takahiro was sentenced to death. He has indicated that he will not appeal his sentence. The death penalty is carried out by Hanging in Japan, which has more than 100 prisoners currently on death row. Death row inmates are not told when they will be put to death until the day of their execution. Years usually pass between sentencing and an execution being carried out, so his probably won't be until a few years from now. But as ridiculous as it sounds, Tokohiro has recently given a media interview where he states he would like to get married on death row. In the interview, he says, I want to look for someone who will marry me while I'm in prison. Several people have come in the last two years, but nothing has led to marriage. I get these kind of fan letters sometimes too, but there aren't many women who would become the kind of person to come and see me here. And to that, I say, go to hell. (laughs) Seriously. Anyway, there have been some positive changes that have come about since these horrific murders. Twitter amended its rules to state that users should not promote or encourage suicide or self-harm. Now, hopefully they actually have processes in place to monitor this, but, you know, this likely isn't an isolated incident. It might be a high-profile case, but... There have been other cases just like this one where people have encouraged others to complete suicide. This one is a little bit different because he actually brutally raped and murdered his victims, but nonetheless, more monitoring and actual removal of these things needs to be done. Japan has long battled one of the highest suicide rates in the industrial world for so long. Figures have dropped since some preventative measures and programs have been introduced, but the signs have been rising again during the coronavirus pandemic. Life is incredibly difficult without having to battle depression, anxiety, and other mental disorders on top of it all. If you're having any of these thoughts, please reach out to those who care for you or a professional. That's it for tonight. I want to once again thank my sponsor. Make sure you visit TokyoSmith at youtube.com c slash TokyoSmith for the most visually creative and relaxing driving videos featuring Tokyo attractions that you will love. And as for me, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. Until next time, don't be a domer Bye.